0: The old Peabody Pew. Chapter six. These were the reasons that had brought Justin Peabody to Edgewood on the Saturday afternoon before Christmas and had taken him to the new tavern on Tory Hill near the meeting house. Nobody recognized him at the station or noticed him at the tavern, and after his supper he put on his overcoat and started out for a walk aimlessly hoping that he might meet a friend or failing that intending to call on some of his old neighbors with the view of hearing the village news and securing some information which might help him to decide when he had better lay himself and his misfortunes at nancy wentworth's feet they were pretty feet He remembered that fact well enough under the magical influence of familiar south sights and sounds and odors. He was restless, miserable, anxious, homesick, not for Detroit, but for some heretofore unimagined good. Yet, like Bunyan's shepherd boy in the valley of humiliation, he carried the herb called heart's ease in his bosom, for he was at last loving consciously how white the old church looked and how green the blinds it must have been painted very lately that meant that the parish was fairly prosperous there were new shutters in the belfry tower too he remembered the former open space and the rusty bell and he liked the change did the chimney used to be in that corner no but his father had always said it would have drawn better if it had been put there in the beginning New shingles within a year, that was evident to a practiced eye. He wondered if anything had been done to the inside of the building, but he must wait until the morrow to see, for of course the doors would be locked. No, the one at the right side was ajar. He opened it softly and stepped into the tiny square entry that he recalled so well, the one through which the sunny school children ran out to the steps from their catechism apparently enjoying the sunshine after a spell of orthodoxy the little entry where the village girls congregated while waiting for the last bell to ring. They made a soft blur of pink and blue and buff, a little flutter of curls and braids and fans and sunshades in his mind's eye. As he closed the outer door behind him and gently opened the inner one, the church was flooded with moonlight and snowlight, and there was one lamp burning at the back of the pulpit, a candle too, on the pulpit steps. There was the tip, tap, tip of a tack hammer going on in a distant corner. Was somebody hanging Christmas garlands? The new red carpet attracted his notice, and as he grew accustomed to the dim light, it carried his eye along the aisle. He had trod so many years of Sundays to the old familiar pew. The sound of the hammer ceased, and a woman rose from her knees. A stranger was doing for the family honor what he ought himself to have done. The woman turned to shake her skirt, and it was Nancy Wentworth. He might have known it. Women were always faithful. They always remembered old landmarks, old days, old friends, old duties. His father and mother and Esther were all gone. Who but dear Nancy would have made the old Peabody pew right and tidy for the Christmas festival? Bless her kind womanly heart. She looked just the same to him as when he had last saw her. Mercifully, he seemed to have held in remembrance all these years not so much her youthful bloom as her general qualities of mind and heart, her cheeriness, her spirit, her unflagging zeal, her bright womanliness. Her gray dress was turned up in front over a crimson Maureen petticoat. She had on a cozy jacket, a fur turban of some sort with a red breast in it, and her cheeks were flushed from exertion. Sweet records and promises as sweet had always met in Nancy's face, and either he had forgotten how pretty she was, or else she had all, had absolutely grown prettier during his absence. Nancy would have chosen the supreme moment of meeting very differently, but she might well have chosen worse she unpinned her skirt and brushed the threads off smoothed the pew cushions carefully took a last stitch in the ragged hat sock she then lifted the bible and the hymn book from the rack and putting down a bit of flannel on the pulpit steps, took a flat iron from an oil stove, and opening the ancient books, pressed out the well-thumbed leaves one by one with infinite care. After replacing the volumes in their accustomed place, she first distinguished the flame of her stove, which she tucked out of sight, and then blew out the lamp and the candle. The church was still light enough for objects to be seen in a shadowy way, like the objects in a dream, and Justin did not realize that he was a man in the flesh looking at a woman spying it might be upon her privacy. He was one part of a dream and she another, and he stood as if waiting and fearing to be awakened. Nancy, having done all, came out of the pew, and standing in the aisle looked back at the scene of her labours with pride and content, and as she looked, some desire to stay a little longer in the dear old place must have come over her, or some dread of going back to her lonely cottage. For she sat down in Justin's corner of the pew, with folded hands, and her eyes fixed dreamily on the pulpit, and her ears hearing, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, Justin's grasp on the latch tightened as he prepared to close the door and leave the place, but his instinct stick did not warn him quickly enough, after all. For obeying some uncontrollable impulse, Nancy suddenly fell on her knees in the pew and buried her face in the cushions. The dream broke, and in an instant Justin was a man worse than that. He was an eavesdropper, ashamed of his unsuspected presence he felt himself standing with and feet shod in the holy temple of a woman's heart, but his involuntary irreverence brought abundant grace with it. The glimpse and the revelation wrought their miracles silently and irresistibly, not by the slow processes of growth which nature demands for her enterprises, but with the sudden swiftness of the spirit. In an instant, changes had taken place in Justin's soul. Thank you for listening to another episode of Acresoft Story Classic. Oh,